My name is Val. Welcome to a unique social experiment designed to push nine humans to their absolute physical, oh. mental, and emotional breaking points. Yeah. Locked in isolation pods and cut off from all contact, they are not competing against each other, <laughs> but against themselves. Is this even legal? In the end, only one will remain. He or she will leave solitary with $50,000. My role is to observe what makes humans strong and what makes them weak. To push. That's the most pain I've ever felt. To prod. Freaky. And to discover who will crack next. Welcome to Solitary 3.0. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Niche Podcast about the one thing that I know something about game shows, I suppose. I'm your host, Jordan Haas. Today, we'll be talking about the masochistic game show Solitary. But first, like every episode, we got to get through the news. From The Hollywood Reporter, Jimmy Kimmel and producer Mark Burnett are teaming up for Generation Gap, a comedic game show in which family members from different generations have to answer trivia questions about each other's generations. For instance, an eight-year-old might have to complete the catchphrase, Go ahead, make my blank. Camille and Burnett will serve as executive producers for the show along with Barry Bosnick. Details, including a host and premiere date, will be announced later. MGM Television, headed by Burnett, and Kimmel's company, Kimmelot, are producing. Uh, well, that's interesting, because there is already a few game shows like Generation Gap in the UK. Uh, there is a Battle of the Ages that we've already reviewed here on the show. I think this might actually work as a fun show. And they are, I think because it is ABC, they might want to pair this up because it's a family game show with Don't, as that is debuting soon as well. And Kimmel's already had his own game show before, not just uh, Set for Life, but also uh, a game show called Big Fan that was hosted by Andy Richter. So this is nothing new with ABC and Kimmel. Kimmel, of course, has Jimmy Kimmel Live on ABC. And Mark Burnett, who is now at MGM. Everyone, when they say Mark Burnett now, they still think Survivor. He's now just a dude at MGM television. And there's all these weird formats that he also comes along with and tries to pitch. This is one of them. And... You know, it might be fun. It might be fun asking uh, Grandma who's in uh, BTS uh, or something. I th- that's what I'm assuming when I'm thinking of Generation Gap is ask Grandma who's in BTS. Ask kids uh, who who played Marty McFly in Back to the Future. Things like that, uh, but for big money. <laughs> and laughs, I'm assuming. Uh, speaking of don't, uh, they finally have a host for that show. Uh, so if you forgot, Ryan Reynolds has a game show coming soon called Don't, and I thought it was going to be Ryan Reynolds as hosting, but instead it's going to be Adam Scott. Adam Scott is the host of ABC's game show Don't, which Ryan Reynolds is executive producing. Don't is described as a comedic physical game show that offers contestants the opportunity to team up with their family and friends for the chance to win to catch fries of up to $100,000 by tackling hilarious tasks with this simple rule of 
don't. In each episode, members of the four-person team will strive to accomplish various challenges such as don't laugh, don't blink, and don't look back as they look together to build their bank. A premiere date has yet to be seen. Uh, well, we'll see how that goes. Uh... It seems like they're going to try and pair this up with the two. I'm unsure yet. I think Don't is currently in production right now, and that's why they just released the Adam Scott news. So that's telling me even though Kimmel's show just got announced that we might end up finding a host probably later this month. And because it's called Generation Gap, I'm going to assume it's going to be someone who has like a name that three generations of people would probably have heard of. Uh, speaking of season orders, CBS is renewing Love Island. Great. Won won wonderful. Y yippee skippy. Hooray. Also getting another season pickup order is the Great American Baking Show Holiday Edition. On your mark, get set, bake. The countdown is on to the Great American Baking Show colon Holiday Edition returning to ABC this December. Spice Girl Emma Bunton and Anthony Spice Adam return because it's spices. Sherry Yard and expert baker Paul Hollywood will return as judge for this fifth season. A double dose of spice, a dash of sherry, and a pinch of Paul is the perfect recipe for a fifth season of the most delicious show on television as the Great American Baking Show colon Holiday Edition returns to ABC this December. It was announced today with the help of Rosie's dessert spot on the show's official Instagram page at the Great American Baking Show. Uh, the series, which is based on the Great British Bake Off, will once again showcase bakers from around the country putting up the best sweet and savory creations forward as they compete in holiday-themed challenges and eliminations hoping to win America's Best Amateur Baker. I I mean, I'm, I love Great British Bake Off. I think the American Baking Show is okay. I, I just don't like the holiday editions. I, I think when they do it, it's just kind of a passive series. And when I watch the Great British Bake Off and I watch these other versions of the show... It's like eight weeks, and it's eight different types of pastries. So you see like a pie week, you see a cake week, you see cookies, bread. And when I see a holiday week, it's always the same old, same old. It's a gingerbread house. Then you have like may maybe like cinnamon rolls. And then some sort of um, you have to make a bread shape thing that looks like a christmas tree and it's just never fun to me to watch these christmas episodes i i it just it doesn't serve its purpose that well it just seems like when it comes to baking uh it's a year-round thing bakeries are open all the time it's not just for holiday season that i think when we think of a show like this it shouldn't just be holiday edition it should be like a, a, a spring series or, or like a, a January series, like right after Christmas is when you start seeing the breads and you start seeing all of these foods and you make it eight weeks because there's a lot of different ways to bake stuff. You don't even have to situate it into like one specific type of pastry. Maybe you want to do a churro week. Maybe you want to try your hand at donuts or, or uh, maybe, maybe just... Think outside the bun. Think tortillas. Something interesting. 
because when I think holiday week, I think, oh, I've seen this before. Even if it's a little mix of something else, I, I feel like a, a repetition. And I, I love the show so much, and I don't know. I want this to be more. But it sounds like it's going to be another three-episode run, and then I'm just going to just be like, oh, okay. And then we'll move on. All right. Uh, continuing on. Uh, ITV acquires Israel's Armoza formats, the creator of the four. ITV Studios is adding stable global entertainment formats to its acquisition with the Israeli group Armoza formats. That's right, corporations, folks. They buy everything. Just just today I found out that uh, Viacom bought Garfield. So, you know, anything's possible these days. Uh, founded by Avi Armoza, the company's catalog members over 100 formats, including the singing show The Four. You remember that show with DJ Khaled? on Fox, uh, which has been commissioned over 15 territories, and Fox states like, the game show Who's Still Standing? You remember that? With Ben Bailey on NBC, they fell in the hole? No, not not Ellen's Game of Games. No, not Russian Roulette. The other... Okay. And Primetime Studio Format Series, I Can Do That. That was on NBC. Remember I Can Do That on NBC? It, it was a fun show. They had... They had celebrities do juggling acts and magic tricks. That was the deal. We'll see our Armoza formats become part of the global creative network headed by Mink Beal for ITV Studios. The Armoza team, based in Tel Aviv, will continue to develop and source new formats and also work with producers within the ITV Studios group on their projects and development. ITV Studios labels will exclusively produce all newly developed Armoza formats in territories within which it has a presence. Armosa Formats has rapidly grown to be one of the top independent creators and distributors of global entertainment hits. This is a unique opportunity to work with Avi and his team to combine his expertise with ITV's presence and reach to undoubtedly create more and more hits in the future. Uh, Armosa's catalog is creator of in-house developments in third-party formats, including primetime competition series Dance Revolution and multi-award ring scripted series Hostages. Armonza's partners include Fox, NBC USA, BBC, ITV, Channel 4, TVA Canada, TF1 France, RTL Germany, HBO, TV2 Norway, Rai Italy, Globo Brazil, Aztaca Mexico, and ZTV India. The Armonza catalog joins ITV Studios with their formats like Love Island, which we just talked about, getting a season two here, Talpa's The Voice, which you've mostly heard of nowadays because of The Voice on NBC, and I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. A show that you remember vaguely three times if you're American. And if you're in the UK, you probably have seen the most recent series. Uh, so so that if you're wondering why I read these production news, it's things like this that show like how big game show formats are. They're a worldwide phenomenon. And how do these shows become international hits? They basically get bought up by bigger studios and bigger companies. They become a subsection of a subsection of a bigger group that try and buy and sell these shows into different countries. Because nowadays, it's not just so good to have one show that's a success here, you need this show to be a success in multiple countries. Not just like in America, if you make like The Wall, it has to be able to be pitched to other countries as well. Otherwise, what we're getting in America is shows that were a success in a foreign country like the UK or Israel or the Netherlands, and then they come over here. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. And 
depending on who you ask, you're going to see a lot more new formats be a foreign format before it became an American original format. Other ways you see is a uh, classic American game show be brought back as well. And if it was an original idea, mostly the time you'll see this on extended cable television and they have trust with whoever's the executive producers of the show. It's sad. But uh, with Armosa formats, they had a lot of different formats. I watched a lot of their sizzle reels on television. And, I mean, that's a big acquisition for ITV to have. And what that's going to be telling me is we're going to see in probably one to two years, not this fall lineup, but maybe next fall lineup, a few more Israeli-based reality television shows down the pipeline. Just like how we see The Masked Singer, which was a hit in Asia, uh, be brought to Fox. We're going to see a lot more of that as well. Uh, what a lot of these places don't know is that Fox can only have so many hours in the day that if they want to pick up their show, they're going to have to make a sacrifice of an original show. So if we get a new singing show, it might be at the expense of MasterChef or it might be at the expense of Lethal Weapon or Brooklyn Nine-Nine. We don't know. Actually, I think Brooklyn Nine-Nine is now NBC, so who knows? Um, so, so television is very weird and very finicky but things like this it's very weird but you know what i have faith that itv is going to do the right thing and i think we are going to see a lot more creative formats coming soon and if it's not going to be here it most definitely will be in the united kingdom so, the last piece of news today is longtime Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune producer to step down in 2020 from Variety. Harry Freeman, uh, the record-breaking game show producer, has, has decided to step down from his executive producer role in Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy after his contract expires in 2020. The decision brings an end to a 25-year career for Freeman at Sony Pictures TV, which produces the two shows, Wheel of Fortune Jeopardy. Over the course of his five decades in the industry, Freeman has produced more than 6,270 hours of game shows and has become the most decorated game show producer in history with 14 Emmys to his name. I think all of you know how much I love these shows and that I deeply respect how hard you've worked to make them so successful, Freeman said when he made the announcement to his team on the Jeopardy set. We've celebrated a lot of milestones together, and now with my own personal 25th anniversary milestone just a few months away, it felt like this was the right time for me to step away. Please join me in making this the best season yet. Premier became producer in Wheel of Fortune in 1995, adding producer responsibilities for Jeopardy in 1997. He holds three world records, including the one for most game show episodes ever produced. His record encompasses his work on thousands of episodes for two shows, but in addition to Jeopardy's, it was the spin-offs Rock and Roll Jeopardy, which aired on VH1, and Jep, which aired on Game Show Network. His record also includes episodes of shows he aired prior to Wheel of Fortune Jeopardy, including Hollywood Squares, The New Hollywood Squares, Personals, and Caesar's Challenge. Remember Caesar's Challenge? Caesar says stop, but probably not. Uh, the prolific producer's other two records are for most Emmy nominations for a game show producer and most Emmy wins by a game show producer. Well, Fortune is currently in its 37th season. We'll, uh, Jeopardy's in season 36. Both are produced by Sony Pictures TV and distributed by CBS Television Distribution. So, 
congrats to Harry for his longtime success. Uh, I don't think anyone will ever beat his record when it comes to these uh, game show productions. Uh, it sounds kind of... A lot of people in the game show fandom are kind of going, well, it's a strange coincidence that he's stepping down the same time Mike Richards, who did Wheel of Fortune, uh, who did uh, The Price is Right and Let's Make a Deal, he's joining the Sony Pictures family. Does this mean he's going to step in and replace Harry Friedman on these two shows? And if so, what is he going to do? And that that's kind of like the interesting million-dollar question here. And... You know, I, I I was thinking, like, could this be its own segment? And, well, yes, that is a nice dink, And most likely, yes, Mike Richards might have some involvement in Wheel and Jeopardy. I do not know, necessarily, if this is going to be uh, a thing. I think if, if Mike Richards is going to get involved in Wheel and Jeopardy, he's going to be a little hands-off on Jeopardy because it almost runs itself. It, you just have to rely on the uh, clues and the writing staff and then the clue crew and make sure you have the same intelligence of, of contestants year after year <laughs> because that, other than that the show runs itself its involvement is going to probably be on wheel of fortune which has seen a decline in ratings so i don't know if that means they're going to change up the entire format or they're going to add new wedges to the wheel or whatever but that's all I can see is the future of how they're going to handle Wheel in Jeopardy. But uh, Freeman has worked on two shows for 25 plus years. And I mean, that is still a stronghold. And those were one of the cushiest jobs in the world of game shows because those are two iconic game shows. People know Wheel of Fortune. They know Jeopardy. And to say, I'm done here. I'm going to retire that means a lot. So thanks a lot, Harry, for all your work. Hey, if you're ever free after this retirement, uh, drop me a line. We'll love to have you on for game shows, I suppose. Isolation. This term is used in all sorts of subjects, from political science to be away from other countries, to sociology with that fear of others, to be alone. And the question of rat or not, it is a good thing. For some people, being away from others means being able to be free. For just a bit. And be yourself. And deal with your own issues. And get lost in your own thoughts and ideas. But to others, it's those very thoughts and ideas and isolation that causes paranoia and fear of society at large. Is it okay to be truly alone? I mean, this show started as just me talking nonstop about game shows, and now we have guests. Somebody to bounce off of, and that isolation put fear in me that this podcast kind of, well, sucks. I need that positive feedback, and so do most people. But when it comes to reality competition, when it's every man for themselves, is it a good thing? That's the core mechanic behind the Fox reality series Solitary that sees nine contestants who never met each other to compete against one another through a series of trials until one is left standing. But the isolation, the fear of the outside, and the fear of oneself. 
is a constant presence in the series. A show that shows that sometimes the only person we can really let down is ourselves. And that the only fear we have comes from within. Hommel Vulgaris' own Dr. Shagoff is here to talk about this show, where technology and sociology merge, and hopefully we will have a good morning, evening, afternoon. Let's turn the tables. With me on the line is one of the hosts of the podcast, Homo Vulgaris, Dr. Shagoff. Hi, Internet. It's your old pal, Dr. Shogoff. How's it going? I'm doing great. You have, you have a fun podcast called Homo Vulgaris. You're also a talented yes, musician. And, and author. And uh, um, I do some. I do lots of uh, t-shirt um, uh, operator, Patreon commissioner, uh, hot take generator at anti-discourse on Twitter, member of the Church of the Subgenius, high-ranking, very obviously official uh, propagandist of the Church of the Subgenius on Twitter.com, at real subgenius. Yeah, a lot, lot, lot of, lot of pies and not enough fingers. So it's fun listening to Homo Vulgaris, a podcast about how tech is going to destroy us all. And then- uh, amongst other things, um, just how we're, uh, it's, it's an anti-society podcast about, I mean, it'd be nice to have one, but you know, we don't, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's about, it's a show about how one day you're going to wake up and Amazon is going to be your mom and she's going to, you're going to find out that she never loved you and you're going to learn this from a robot that's actually an iPad being driven around by a PhD student in a robot costume who makes $2 an hour. Now imagine, if you will, we had that same effect, but instead of uh, that, it's an Alexa. And by Alexa, I mean uh, an anonymous robot. And in this unique social experiment, uh, things go a little crazy. We watched a, I would say, of all the reality shows ever created, and I mean this honestly, we have the moles, we have survivors, the big brothers, all this, etc. Solitary is the one we watched tonight, and it is one of my absolute favorite reality shows. It's a, it's a real son of a bitch of a show. You were like, you were confused for a second of what the show was about when you originally agreed to doing it. Well, I asked you to do this one. I remember I saw your starring game show uh, podcast and um, years ago, maybe 2012, 11 or something, uh, Busters, who used to be a co-host on Homo Vulgaris, <clears throat> before his um, news job became, before he became so busy creating the fake news that we made fun of, uh, it stressed him throughout. He just didn't have time to podcast anymore and I missed him to death. And, you know, but he, he told me about this show that was a game show but it was it was really like evil i guess you might describe it as um so and that i really needed to watch it and i was like i'm not really a game show guy i mean i barely watch any tv at all i don't play video games i'm not a game guy but (laughs) he he convinced me and i don't know if we want to go into the reasons why he convinced me but i watched it and i was hooked and i was an immediate i was sold on it Real fast. Go for it. Go talk about why you were hooked on the show. Yeah, I, I, I want to be. Well, you'll you got uh, that'll come out across the show. There's a lot of reasons, so I don't want to you know go off at once. I like I want to be involved in the structure All right. of your game show show because game shows have structures and rules. All and right. 
So first of all, of I gotta show. just uh, give a shout out to <gasps> Bob Bowden. Bob Bowden, you might, you will never know who he is. I, I know this for a fact. You will know who he is. I would, because he is, I would say, any game show fans' uh, idol. Because he is a guy who lives and breathes game shows. He's worked in game shows. He's executive producer for many classic game shows. And he was the creator of the Game Show Network. When he Um, left the company, he started a new game show network called the Fox Reality Channel, featuring the new genre of reality game shows, which is, of course, the reality comps. uh, I would just like to sidebar here. What, What year did he start the Fox Reality Channel? Fox Reality Channel started in 2006. Okay, uh, I, I, I imagine the game show fans are kind of an older, kind of New Balance wearing crowd, right? Yes. Like I'm, I'm not gonna get a lot of kids. His entire the audience like has a reference for media outside of Fortnite. Oh, absolutely. I guess uh, game we shows. are. This is uh, we're Floss Dancing. We are. Yeah. No, go I'm on. Make like, any reference you want that would match I, your he, area because this is your well, episode. Well, no, it's really cool because I I can like probably say things and know that at least there's a good chance that chronologically these people might be prepared for these things. Um, I mean, just think about 2006 and Fox, like those that that year and that that network of all of its permutations across regular TV, the regular Fox network, uh, Fox News. And think about the 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 Bush era. This is this whole show is so Bush era in a really gorgeous way. That a lot of times I go back and I look at Bush era stuff. We've talked about it on Home of Bulgaris, the podcast on SoundCloud.com and Stitcher and iTunes Radio. But um, about sometimes it's hard to go back and look at Bush era media because the tone and feel is so different. Solitary is not as hard because, in a way, it seems like it seems like it's very Bush era, but it's from the future we live in, created by the Bush era. It is uh, the the Patriot Act kind of give up all your liberties era of, of, of stuff. Now who you give it to corporations or, or government. That's, that's beside the point. No, that, that, you give it to a computer. That's your libertarian versus uh dem socialist era. Yeah. But, but this uh, is the era yeah. of like, this is the era of the ascendance of like reality shows that started, but this is when it started getting trashy. Like, yes. So dark. It's like, Temptation Island era. Oh, no, this is, they had the reruns. This was the Temptation Island reruns channel. (laughs) This is, yeah, okay, yeah, exactly, yeah, okay. So this is the original programming on that. This is, I guess, as close as you could get to Fox News' Adult Swim. So this was the Fox Reality Channel. This is all reality game shows that they had. So, you know, your your, your boot camp reruns, your American Idol reruns. Uh, I believe they got the rights to Amazing Race on there uh, for a bit. And uh, Bob Bowden, who, who's a great, nice, sweetest guy ever in the world of game shows. Uh, He's a monster, this, apparently. Has the vision of, of this network and came up with original concepts. So the ones that he picked up uh, in terms of a channel came from two people, Andrew Golder and Lincoln <laughs> Haight, uh, or Hyatt, whatever you want to pronounce it. Um, I mean, yeah. Now, you won't know who these people are, but I'll, I'll, get, I'll quickly explain who uh, Hyatt is. Uh, Tell us uh, who's to blame. Yeah, Lincoln and Andrew are the two people to blame for this show. The guilty will be exposed. The innocent will be vindicated. I can't remember the. (laughs) Yes. So let me tell you the original envision of Solitaire before I tell you the actual thing that they came up with. So, Andrew Golder is this brilliant, weird, crazy dude in game shows. He, he, his history is he was a co-EP for Star Search. He created Dead in the 90s, 
Make Me Laugh in Comedy Central. He did Don't Forget Your Toothbrush for Comedy Central. Our take on Mastermind Two Minute Drill. He made the You Don't Know Jack game show. Like he was behind the chair. Like Remember the chair on ABC com. where there was the heart rate monitor and then the alligators pop up? So he has a history oh. of this. Uh, Lincoln uh, Hyatt, uh, worked on Camp Candor, and they also worked with Andrew on Don't Forget Your Toothbrush. He was also behind the reality competition show Unanimous on Fox where everyone had to vote for one person and the money ticked down. I'm serious. Don't forget your toothbrush. Sounds like some like BBC daytime. It was no. It was a British uh, variety show, and then the whole gimmick was the winner gets a trip to somewhere, and they thought, oh, this variety silly game show would work in America, and it was with Mark Curry. And oh boy, I do not like that show, even though people seem to have liked it. Well, I mean, that's such a. I mean, that's that. You can tell it's British from its dumb name. <laughs> I mean. So they Don't are both currently working on Penn Teller Fool Us, if that's any indication of where they are now. So they're good. They're, they have a really successful show in CW. So Andrew's original vision. Are you ready? What if we took 10, people, took 10 people to the Salton Sea in California, the desolate Salton Sea, and we buried them in isolation pods? Not bad, but they should have done it at the Spawn Ranch. <laughs> and all they have... In, in the ground is ventilation shafts, and the last one to crack wins. That's it. That's the entirety of the show. Yeah, was, I love that. Like, why would it took some people and just, like, buried them alive and just see, you know, see yeah, how long they it. liked it? Now, he pitched it, and it somehow people were like, that's crazy enough to work in this whole torture environment. It's but a great then, idea, but it needs some structure. It needs some bones. So now we have our format. This is <clears throat> the format. That would have... You could do that now, though. You could do that as a Twitch stream. You could. This is the format to solitary. Join me, won't you? There are most, when we think of a, a game show, especially one that's a quote-unquote reality show, like a big brother, a survivor, what do we always hear? It's a social experiment. It's a unique social experiment. We're going to put Democrats with Republicans, uh, openly gay people with heavy Christians, and just have them argue and see if and they can all get along. Up. We have a drink a Heineken and build an Ikea table or something. They'll yeah, that's, that's uh, <laughs> that sounds like uh, the amazing race when they went to, uh, went to I believe, when Sweden. That was actually like two of the challenges. It was Once was built Ikea furniture and the other was like drink a big pint. You know, we're going to put them together and they're going to get one of those those new Burger King meals that like tells you your moon. They're going to get, they're mutually <laughs> going to get the, I don't, I don't support the mixing of the races meal and then they're going to talk it off and figure and it out. <laughs> So most of these shows, when they're unique social experiments, it's, you know, can we get along? And it's supposed to be a group dynamic mixed with, with the individual and the way they cut each other's throat for the money. This is a show where when I bring up storytelling on game shows, I always say things like it's man versus man because it's two contestants or team versus team or group versus a team or man versus like host. Rarely. Because there's always man versus there's also man but versus the house kind of format. like jealous. millionaire or. Fifth grader. I was, I was jealous. I didn't get the Ben Stein was money episode because that's the only other game show I ever really liked. I like it because yeah, there's man versus. But it was literally like man versus host. It is. He it, had to get in there. You know, he had skin in the game, and that was kind of cool. And that and also, guy made this show. <laughs> Andrew Golder made this show. <laughs> nice. So that's he's, why I'm okay, saying so everyone, he's, if you he's like the, he's He's the Hideo Kojima of, it, of game shows, no, is what I, you're telling me. You know what? That's actually the most brilliant way to say it. He is the Hideo Kojima of game shows because he has these surreal ideas that if you if he spills it out for you, you'll go, what the hell are you saying? 
And then when you see it, like this execution, you're like, this is brilliant. And then it only lasts one or two seasons. And then you just cry because it's like, no, this is great. Or he's the Brian Fuller of video game, of, of game shows. So now uh, when we hear social experiments and, and storytelling, it's always man versus man or man versus the, 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 the like under contestants, it's contestant versus contestant or uh, a group of people and they play against the house or a one person and they go up a money ladder. So they're really playing against the house or they're playing against themselves and doubting themselves. This is a show that is purely man versus self in the world of figurative storytelling. I've thought about, I've agreed with that before, but I have a new perspective on it. Oh, it's that it is that that's a huge element of it, but there is another antagonism and it's related to man versus house. It's house versus man. In Partly, the, literally, because of the uh, location that the game takes place in, but also because of the host, who is very interested in making the contest, in, in, in you know, is against the contestants. Like, they're not competing against them. It's just kind of being, um, they're subjected to it. In the introduction sequence to the show, we hear, we're introduced to our host. Now, when we think of a game show host, we don't, we usually think of like a good-looking guy like a Jeff Probst. Maybe a nice quirky guy like Jordan Haas. But what if there was a faceless host? What if there was someone with no face? What if someone that was had no voice, to be honest? Just a robotic voice. All you see to to be the analog for, for a host is a green octagon with brackets between the two. We are introduced to Val. Val, of course, being referenced to Hal. Uh, for- Number one game show waifu. I would say name a number two. Yeah. To really, I can't think. <laughs> Definitely of a dominatrix kind of waifu in that I mean, regard. I mean, uh, name another game show who I like host waifu. There, I mean. So we inter- are introduced to Val, a hub of, of cameras, a hub of things. It's all CGI. Great CGI, by the way, for for what for the budget. And it's Glados. It's, it's Glados. It's, 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 it's it's copyright safe. Not not as malicious Glados, and the voice isn't as liltingly musical. They really. Uh, we'll get to that later. Okay, yeah, go back. Yeah, we but are, no, it's straight up GLaDOS. Like that's all you need to know. It is GLaDOS. Nice. It is GLaDOS. It is, is in the world of like GLaDOS from portal, and from Portal. In case anybody needs context for what GLaDOS is, it's evil robot from a video game. Hello, really, the best evil robot. It ever is the in a best antagonist in a video game. I glass one yeah. of her games is Portal because it's great the, writing, it's also great voice. it also has that lab rat uh, feel. The show. Yeah. Oh no, it's totally like. The, he had his hole in the ground idea, and then like one of the guys around him had just played Portal and like somehow put the two ideas together. <laughs> that would make the most but- sense. So, <clears throat> Val is introducing to you. Hello, my name is Val. Welcome to a unique social experiment. I have put nine people not against each other, but themselves, to find what makes humans strong and what makes them weak. To push, to pull, to prod. At the end, one will win fifty thousand dollars. Welcome. Yeah, I want to spoil anything really quick, but um, yes. the thing that makes humans strong is um the desire for fifty thousand dollars. That's 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 apparently it. It's not will. It's willpower. It's well, actually, no, because some of these contestants are definitely driven by more than than a measly fifty k. As a matter of fact, they probably spent fifty k getting on the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, are you talking about uh, our super fan Rob? Rob? Yeah. <laughs> Who, if you decide you want to watch this on YouTube after you listen to this, you'll probably be thanks to him. It is on. It is on YouTube. Shout out to Rob. Rob. Uh, he's a real bro. Like seriously, like he's a super super fan. So <clears throat> I'm sorry I interrupted your your reading of the monologue. 
No, no, it's I fine. It's a good, it's a good to talk about to jump this in. show. Get Rob Rob on here. Um, <laughs> like nobody, like you're the only other person I've ever met who knew. Like I mentioned, like I don't know if you ever heard of this show called Solitary. You're like, what oh, do you want to yeah, know? What do we want? Want to know what's in the flavorless meal bar? Do you want to know? <laughs> yeah, kind of. I totally get. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, please continue. I'm sorry for interrupting. All right. So here's the format of Solitary. So. There are nine people in nine different isolation pods. These isolation pods are about 10 feet by 10 feet. They do not see each other. They do not know who the other people are. All they the see pods is are vaguely a, shaped like a geodesic dome kind of shape. Like it is. It's supposed to give this It's supposed to give this look of, of claustrophobia. That's in the intentional uh, set design of it. Is to give them but claustrophobia. Vaguely futuristic looking. Like it's very like it's 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 got a kind of techno dystopia vibe that they're trying to provide. In this isolation really? pod, 10 feet by 10 feet, uh, I forgot how high it is. I think it's like 15, 16 feet. It's not enough. Not, yeah. Not uh, there, they, there is every... The lighting is set. <laughs> the air conditioning is set. The heating is there. Everything is controlled by a third party, like a big brother producer. Breaking the fourth wall here, folks. It's producers. Uh, <laughs> but... um. You tell, wait, wait. They didn't make a deep learning AI to torture these... No, in fact, the vowel voice is actually just someone in a microphone distorted to the contestants, and then in post they add the post production voice. They really should like my big one big complaint about the show. They really could have done a little more fun processing on her voice. Oh, they! they, I'm pretty sure if they did a 5.0, this would have. That's that's what's so great. One thing that's so great about Glados is like that musical quality they they apply to the the way that it's electronically distorted. It's really incredibly good sound design i'm sure nowadays because the show is is about a decade old at this point yeah i'm uh, sorry I, we'll, I'll, we'll get back to glados so there's nine people in nine different holding cells when we first introduced these contestants and they're first introduced to vowel all they see in the 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 in the pods we're calling them pods because that's what they're called in the show uh is a television screen with uh, a green button and a red button a door that lead that opens up a tray so if, for food and stuff and a water container for for dispensing of water bottles and then there's a mini door uh, that leads them to a bathroom more or less it's just a bathroom and like a little holding square yeah. uh, so it's a, yeah it's a whole it's a it's a it's a cell it's a cell it's basically a holding cell it's solitary confinement that's the, the name of the game and the contestants are told like what's your name and they're going like well i'm jordan i'm and then suddenly val goes incorrect your name is number one and then you see the pods number one so theoretically they're now for the entirety of the rest of the game just like in um what was that movie the prisoner the prisoner they're no longer referred to by their name they're referred to by the number so they're number one what is your name Number two, what is your name? Number three, why? And this, I am number six. Yeah, so if you're number six, you do not know names of anyone else. You don't know anything about anyone else, which I think actually adds an element of, yes, you're, you're breaking someone down. They're no longer people. They're, they're numbers, which also adds to the element of, of the cyber dystopia that we have, this, this horror. But it also adds this level of when someone's told out loud number five, number six, Everyone's on an equal playing field. Yeah. Because if you think about it, here here's something I want to say as a big positive. Uh, no one can assume someone's gender on the show. No one can assume who these people are except for an occupation or fun fact if Val decides to disclose that fact. 
And if you bother to remember it. So if like number one's number one's a football player. Well, you're thinking guy, but no, this is like this backstory of like a girl who like played football in high school and was actually like in varsity. Yeah. Yeah. None of them are, they're all very, these people, like if they told the, their life story on Jeopardy, Alex Trebek would do like a really kind of like bitch laugh at them. Like they're all kind of, the, none of these contestants are impressive. You know, there's no, as oh god, I almost called Alex Chu impressive for a second, I guess. But yeah, I mean, Jeopardy terms, he is. You know, all these people are kind of they 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 are they give a story that's kind of like where they define the themselves as. They, they it's basically like missionary. Uh, they are a tattoo artist. They are a backyard wrestler. They are a a, a clown. They are, and it's like Weird the occupation. Christian. It's fun. It's like okay, I can size this person up slightly. But you can't. Part of the thing is this show teaches you, you can't always size yourself up either. <laughs> so these nine people are nine holding cells. Now, what do you see in a typical episode is, I would say, two parts. One is a test. One is a treatment. Uh, basically, a test is this big, overcomplicated task while they're in their holding cells. Now, remember, Val can hold, can, can say and do whatever she wants. We're going to say she. Um, yeah. That means... If she wants to turn the AC up all the way to like a hundred uh, to like negative two degrees, she could. Although I don't think they ever did that severe. If she wants to turn it up all the way up, she can. So it's a hundred and something degrees. And she chance. gets she's to say when they sleep, she's doing that either. when they eat, whatever. Usually they eat a flavorless meal bar. Uh, for those of you in the big in the world of Big Brother, you know of slop. Uh, I will now disclose that the flavorless meal bars basically what if slop but baked. So what is this like a cava? Oh, oatmeal is, thing. Uh, or? Well, they have their own. Uh, it's just NDA of what is the true like ingredients mix. It's like a porridge mixed with protein powder, mixed with powdered egg, mixed with I think a soybean oil. Like, like it is. It's something that it's it's something that Jeff Bezos wouldn't feed to his dogs. I mean, I mean like well, modern no, day would just like, be Soylent. It would just be like here's a Soylent bar. <laughs> no, that's like this is straight up sub Soylent. Like, no, this is it. it they, yeah, they. they I should okay. Cut and use this joke. Uh, they. This is something they wouldn't like feed. This is something they wouldn't feed workers at an Amazon plant. They. They wouldn't. They would not at all. And. They they're so they're sleep deprived. They do not have any clocks. They do not see any sunlight. So every time they're introduced by Val, Val says good morning, afternoon, night, just to mess them up. That means it could be five a.m. It could just be eleven. It could just yeah. be five. Who knows? There's no clock in the cell, and there are uh, tests and treatments that are based on waiting a certain amount of time to do something, but they have no clock. And you learn how. The human internal clock, even with all your like one one thousand, two one thousand tricks, you have no fucking idea what time it is actually. If nobody gives you a point of reference, you learn you don't have any idea what so much of what you and your own body are doing. If you in your brain, if you don't, if you lose a point of reference, and it is, and that is part of it. So, if there's the, no other individuals around you, your individuality begins to dissipate. Which is the whole point of the show. How far are you willing to lose? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the best. How far are you willing to lose is the best way to put it. Because you will only suffer more and, and worse 
as things go on. Like there's the there's no point. Like I just gotta keep going. It's gonna get better. It's like I gotta keep going. It's gonna get worse. I gotta keep going. Soon, don't worry, don't worry. It's bad now, but it's gonna be really shitty tomorrow. So there's good. Two parts. There's a test and a treatment. A test is basically like a creative task mixed with like something that you would normally see in in a in, in, in like an escape room situation where it's you know st- like here's a thousand dominoes uh make sure you put all the dominoes together and hit the bell well no it's not quite that because it's also like also if any of the dominoes fall over you have to put one of the dominoes under your feet while you put it back up yeah it's like and it's- for every time it falls over you have to put another domino under your bare feet well, no, that, that's the treatment. Treatments are the ones with the penalties. Uh, task, no, because uh, tre- they did the thing in the episode we watched with the banana, and that was just as cruel. As bananas Annie. was a treatment. Bananas was treatment. Oh, because oh, 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 they do half at the end yeah. of the episode. Uh, fucking yeah, Dragon Ball Z. That was treatment. So treatments are all penalty ones. The, the, so, so the one that they had to do was for the one that we saw tonight, which was season f- was 4.0's episode 6. Uh, one a season I hadn't watched. One you haven't seen in the middle of the season, so you didn't know who any of these contestants were. I got rid of the, you know, the, the herd had been culled down to the most promising. They got, to, and they got some great people. Uh, I, I, I know a couple of those people, by the way. Uh, B, who's uh, number, f- I think five on the show, the pink, the one in the pink pod. She's yeah. very, very nice and like actually like a real badass. To be honest, I was gonna say, is she okay? Oh no, she is. No, she's perfectly fine. Uh, she will definitely not really eat bananas cute. anymore. Uh, but yeah, I bet. <laughs> she was cute. She was the cute one. Oh no, she was. I, th- that's what I think why it worked because it was kind of like what what does what is inside you that makes you want to continue? And for some people, it's like, well, it's the money because of family, or it's the thought of what the money would do for for me. Others, <sighs> it's just like, well, I've been through a lot already, so what's the worst that can happen? This is just nothing. <laughs> The show kind of naturally weeds out the people who only want the money, who are or who are just there to do like reality star clout chasing. Oh, like, yeah, it's, it's clout chasers get out first. Uh, second is the ones in it for the money, and then third is always because I we've seen all four seasons. The thirds it's always right after you get the clout chaser and the one in it for the money. It's always the masochist, whoever's the token masochist. Yeah, it is never it is it's yeah the ones like it's all right, man. Bring it, Val. I like it rough, like man cow's son. Yeah, you know, and then like the a- prisoner's like, okay, you you idiot, you sure, you sure you want that? Okay. Uh, and yeah, there, so- there's a guy in one of these seasons who looks like like you, you know that horrible radio show host, man cow. Looks, yeah, man cow. <laughs> man cow in the morning, sucker deer. An, ar- an argument for the superiority of podcasts over terrestrial. <laughs> Okay, I can't wait for uh, <laughs> that's a, a quick tangent, I guess. Before our game, we continue talking about the game show. I can't wait for for Street Fight to discuss because Brian's covering a uh, uh, shock really jocks. I'm excited for that one too. Yeah, I know. I'm so I'm I'm worried what's going to happen when when the modern leftist podcaster sphere has to actually out loud discuss their relationship with Howard Stern and, and Anthony. <laughs> And like, you know, examine that part about themselves. Be like, oh my god! Like, well, I mean, you never made Amber ride a Sibian on the show, so you know, it's no. Oh, hey, hey. Fine. <laughs> Maybe you should. I mean, you know, I so one of my it. favorites, because uh, the because te- the tests are these creative tasks. The one we saw tonight involved escaping from a, a jail cell, 
And this was real clever because essentially they had all of these fake keys on the floor. They were all decoys. They were told get through the five locks, then hit the button. Hit the green button because green is good. That's how you contact Val. Yep. And that's uh, how you end a, t- end a it, test. At the end of everything, you have, to, you have to go hit the green button. If you don't hit the green button, you're not done. No matter how good of a, how good you were, and that that's a some people forget. So that. so do you want me to tell you why there's a green button and red button? Yeah, let's it, go. It's very simple stuff. It's a game show buzzer. Those are both classic game show buzzers. That's why I l- would like to say oh. how this is a game show. Those are two game show buzzers. Imagine if you I will. Like are you like it, I pitched? I said like, hey, guy, come on, talk about solitary, and your brain's like, yeah, there's buzzers. It counts. It counts. Yeah, we can do that. No, not only that, here's why. Imagine, if you will, there was a test where both people almost tied at the same time and both hit the button. There's a clock that stops them. So now there's to the second, to the millisecond, who hit it fastest. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a game show. It's not like a reality show. I mean, It's not Vanderpump Rules. Sorry, Vanderpump Rules is not a game show. (laughs) They're straight up playing for a big wad of money at the end of the day. They're playing for money. It's a a 10 little Indians. Someone gets eliminated every week. Yeah, there's tasks. There's yeah. It, so the it's, test, it's if you got, win the te- if you win the if you win the test, the quote unquote test, you are safe from the elimination game called the treatment, and you it's, also it's get really, rewarded. It's really that era of TV of the ascendancy of that kind of reality show, where this is a game show, but it it falls into the paradigm of what was kind of the really ascendant in TV at the time, and you know has led to current issues and. Yeah, now the there's no there's no real po- there, this is a very apolitical show because there's no point there's a conflict between no. any of the contestants. Its entire existence is deeply political. Though. It is. No, that that part is, but you're not going to see like a, a a shit lib and a shit con oh, yeah. yell at each other because who well, left this, the toilet seat up. Well, this was before the discourse really existed though, like back in the Bush era, as much as we hated Bush, we hated him all the time and all that shit. We didn't like we didn't start our Twitter bio with a list of our specific political stances back then. No matter how politically interested we were, we didn't start off with like a Posadist, Christmanist, Trotsky, anarcho Democrat. I, I just, you know, I just, I, I, I say I'm Jordan. I'm uh, 23. I'm single. I'm, <laughs> but, but this is at the time. Now I'm 30. So now it just is just like I have a game show podcast. Yeah, I mean, back then, literally, like, I mean, it's the thing that's like a big thing now. It's really fucked up. It's on dating sites. It's like, yeah, no, everybody, like, like, hi, who are you? It's like, well, here's a list of my ideologies. It's like, oh god, you're not gonna want to talk about movies, are you? <laughs> now imagine this show. It, I, I think the show could exist now, and but but that's oh, that's, it can, it should. Oh, I think it's. We'll it, get to that. It, no, that's the that's the last part. That's the last stage. Is always that's the one people love the part is the the the, the revival stage. So, <clears throat> I have we, a lot of ideas. So we get to the treatment. Though treatment is similar to the test, but this time around it is an endurance competition. Big Bird endurance competitions, you know, are like stand on the log or uh, stand on this, this as long pole. as possible. Stand stand on like the top of the flat top of this pole now do it barefoot yeah now, this, now it's kind of like that it's kind of like that but inside this 10 by 10 thing with no contact no judgment of what the other people are doing so this is where the show prevails and is so good this is why the show works if anything else just the treatment rounds 
some of these are very simple stuff, such as, That's... and I'm not kidding, this is a real comp, sitting in a chair and having a ball gag in your mouth. It sounds like, what? This is some some crazy stuff I would see on Pornhub, but no. It works because they're sitting there in the chair. They're bored. The ball gag's in their mouth, and it's been hours, and now their jaw is starting to hurt a whole lot. Uh, if they take it out, that counts as a loss. So their mouth's also going, ultimately salivating <laughs> and, like, drying out in weird spots from being yeah. open. Yeah, it's just, yeah. So many things in the treatments across the show are basically, like, they're brilliant because it's like, okay, here, do a simple, mildly uncomfortable thing. But do it for two hours. Now, yeah, imagine, and, uh, you okay, know, imagine going to, like, a CrossFit gym or, like, like yeah, let's, let's go CrossFit gym or, or any kind of gym where it involves some high interval training where it's just, um, okay, I want you to pick up the kettlebell from one side to another. Then I want you to move the other kettlebell from one side to another, but you have to do it in 20 seconds. If you fail, yeah. you have to you have to lift this. You have to lift the ball for twenty more seconds. Sometimes that, but sometimes they're based on stillness, and I always like the ones that are based on not doing anything. My favorite. There's also another favorite one. Is, torturous. What, the other one is is you put your face to glass. That was it. Just, oh yeah. No, you have, you, have you have to put your lips. You have to put your lips on the octagon. If at any point your mouth did not touch the octagon, you lost. And the so many things are like. It doesn't seem that bad. And it's do. the whole, and the whole joke is just basically Val saying, "I want you to kiss my glass." Oh yeah, Val, the, the host, like any good game show host, has a personality. Yeah, she's, she's the fucking, like, she's fucking cheesy. She's, she's a cornball. She's got. She is someone you would you wouldn't want to be in a room with because she's a like this severe mean person, but she has some great zingers. It's it's great. It's great. It's, She's it's severe and great and lovable. Yeah, and it's 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 fantastic stuff. And so what we see is is as soon as someone fails, they have a penalty. So now they have to do something else. As everyone else can regroup just slightly. If they fail again, they have an even worse punishment. And they have to keep going and keep going. Until they are either so exhausted or until they vomit. And it's not like eat the gross thing. It's kind of just like you just kept eating a lot of the same old stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's never like Fear Factor. Like, here, eat a bull's testicles. It's like, here, eat a... Eat an onion. Eat an onion. Or not even... Sometimes it's something nice. It's like, uh, here, have a... You know, just a little piece of candy. Here, okay, you fucked up. You gotta have two pieces of candy. Yeah, now eat three pieces of candy. Yeah, and you're gonna keep fucking up. By the time you're on, uh, you know, yeah, it gets it's it, all these things. Like nothing seems that bad, but anything done with such extreme repetition, it just oh, it just drives them so crazy. So if they vomit or if they quit, they have to push the red button. The red button is the I give up button. If they quit before a treatment, they're eliminated. If they push the red button during a treatment, they're still in the game temporarily because in this game whoever's the first to hit the red button in a treatment is eliminated they are out of the cell and out of the running for fifty thousand dollars what makes this great touch the truck kind of contest work even more is to repeat none of the other players know what's going on yeah so even if one person left on round one or round two it's round nine it's round ten it's round 20. It's round 26. 
The only way to know you didn't lose is if you're like just superhuman at at some particular task and Val just gets tired of waiting for you to give up because everybody else did. And because no one knows going. what is going on, every contestant at one point breaks down. They start crying. They start feeling exhausted. They're just beating themselves up like, this is it. I don't want to do this. I can't. No, no, I can't do this anymore. I want to stop. I want to... Uh, <laughs> I don't want to quit though because I lose. And then suddenly they have to hit the red button because they fail. Then Val, and it's like perfect reality show hosting. Like perfect. This is why we have robot automation what? in terms of reality show hosting. One reason, one reason she works so do- good doing all that fucking like annoying, like, like, you know, sh- shock editing in game shows. It was exa- again, this period in TV was when that got really every single element of a game or reality show like millionaire kind of really started that that or at least i don't know if it did but that's why i remember when game shows went from fun to like epic like yo like oh god they gotta scare me if they got the question right and it's it's very much that era but there's like way bigger there's a way bigger sense of stakes about all these contests than just if they got a question right and move to the next bracket to answer another question it's so much more dramatic this was a world of dramatic but the thing was they had to stretch it out a bit but there's no cut to commercial break because this is all must be seamless so it happens drama feels earned too like they're not it's not you know it's not a bunch of clout chasers who just like get drunk and yell at each other like it's dramatic because you just want they're struggling like that it's so real it's dumb but it feels this weird authenticity you almost never see in stuff like this even in something like fear factor people like have to go oh no i'm so scared i gotta go down the big water slide you know no like this is oh it's so good so when someone hits the red button every the sirens blare bloop bloop the red light starts tickering it's very it, shameful very shameful like you are you have this it's over this is the ejection okay quitter quitter octagon. you still see the octagon Number two, you just hit the red button. Why did you hit the red button? Oh, yeah, I love that. She asks you, why did you do that? Why did you hit the red button? And then they're just starts saying, I'm breaking down, Val. I can't do anymore. I, my, I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my legs. I am dizzy right now. I can't spin in this chair any longer. I can't eat nat- nachos anymore. I can't do anything else. Stop. Well, number two, you are... The first person to hit the red button. Your stay in solitary is over. And then they just start crashing down. <laughs> it's so good. Now, Every sometimes, because like I said, everyone has hit that red button at one point, unless like the producer's like, okay, we, we've been at this for five hours. We need to continue. Is then you get everyone else. So then imagine someone's going 20 times, 30 times. Boop, red button. Player f- uh, number five. Why did you hit the red button? I just can't. I just, I don't know anymore. I don't know who I know. And they just start mumbling. They're clearly. Number five. You are not the first person to hit the red button. Your stay in solitary will continue. Didn't they start like actually like celebrating like, oh, thank God. Oh, jeez. I mean, that's if it's one of the games where she's in a nice mood. She doesn't. She's not liable to really tell you that you did were or weren't the first to hit it and for a little while sometimes. She kind of 
makes you cool your heels and wait for other people to quit. And I should tell you, maybe. Yeah. No, they, they sometimes just, they do that too. They like let you wait a bit. You have hit the yeah. red button. It's and then so, they like do it for like 20 minutes so they can just milk all of the emotional drama out of this person who has had no contact with the outside world. No, no seeing anyone else. No one. It's just them and his robot. <laughs> and, and physical and psychological torture. Like it's, no, it's straight up torture. Like there's no way to describe these. This show is not torture. This is torture. This is like, torture. It's not, it's not like, fun yeah, torture. This is not like violent. It's not violent. They're not like dripping blood. Uh, they're not. Uh, but it's stimulating the same nerve and pain centers that would be like if if they were bleeding. Like it's 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 really clever how they do the things that are really painful because they're. Uh, it's like, but instead of just like cutting your skin, it's just like, well, if you pushed all, get person to lay in such a way that it's push everything on this part. Uh, it's worse than childbirth. So we'll have them do that for two hours. <laughs> Yeah, like that's it. <laughs> it's it's so, what can they do for maybe two hours and then give up? Yeah, it's like I don't know. There's no reason. You, you look. You can you can break a man without so, making. So the show bleed. ends typically. The show ends with the like the first person hitting the button, crying, and then saying like, "Oh, the show taught me a lot about myself and never giving up, even though we life clearly saw you give up." Yeah, I just believe that life. I for being here, I learned that. Life is a learning experience, and I'll go on to know that I was able to do this. They're like, guys, watch you get, <laughs> man. Look, I feel it gives you more respect for like the people who from Al Qaeda should get in at Guantanamo Bay and they don't talk. So this is what <laughs> happens when somebody's tortured starts talking, and it's so fucking annoying. It's like, no, I'm. Those guys are brave for just keeping shutting the fuck up because God, they're annoying when they talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't see uh, the like people who are accused of, of terrorism go. You know, being waterboarded by Dick Cheney, I, it was a very powerful life learning experience. I learned a lot. I was like, oh god, I oh god, yeah, I want you, I wanted to let you guys out, but I want you to stay in there so we don't have to listen to them. <laughs> Heard nothing, and it's, it's always a little bummer. I the, honestly, my biggest problem with the show is its contestants are often pretty lame. No, but they're great. They're great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I know you know. You know. It's impressive though sometimes how much resilience there is in some of these people who don't really have much to say of interest when they're you know they talk, which after you know they don't go crazy exactly like they do. It's just I don't know. So when they're not, it's never the lunatics that win. You know, it's never yeah. like a lunatic that wins the show. It's always like. Some kind of weirdly normal person. Interesting. It is a fascinating look in society, but in a great way. So what happens is after the first per the person hits the solitary button, gives her confessional, you know, stay tuned for next week's episode. When we see the next episode, they're still in their cells doing last week's treatment because they have no clue. So you're walking in. What's the first thing you see watching the show? The torture. <laughs> you're still seeing the torture. It also helps put you in the, the timeless unhinged uh chronology i mean you you come in and they're doing something that you left when they're starting is it day is it nine? Oh, who knows they're yeah. still running around this and once again we continue with show. like here's a silly challenge here's a creative challenge here's some sleepy time here's the test and here's the next treatment rinse repeat until the final night when it's the final two people in their final two pods and it's this really 
disastrous, dangerous uh, challenge. This is the one that where it really is just like, yeah, they're just going Wait, all out to just. You're leaving out. You're leaving out all the fun stuff that happens between the challenges, though. Oh, like, like yeah, alarms come sleep- out. Yeah, it's like here's sleepy time, but you've been awake for three days. Here's two hours of sleep, and then I'm gonna start playing alarms blaring right at or you. Or crying babies. Crying baby, yeah, like no, the stuff she does between is just as good as the challenges because it's. Oh no, there are some are really fucked up. One of the ones I remember was they had to sit in a coffin and then they had their friends and family record audio talking about them like they were dead and it's a eulogy. Yeah, and that sounds cheesy. If you if that happened to you right now, it probably wouldn't bother you. That happened to you and you haven't seen anybody or heard anybody else's voice for five days. You aren't really sleeping, and this robot keeps tormenting you. Ask him getting and you're dizzy because she made you just made you just she just made you finish running in a circle five hundred thousand times. That shit's gonna start to you know how cheesy it is, that's gonna mess with your what shambling it? conscious. And I mean, like, isn't that what people really love about reality shows is just those meltdown moments, those contestants just having that outrage. This is a show that guarantees that every episode you will get someone crying, you'll get someone angry, and you'll be angry at themselves. And they might puke, too. They might puke. You might see people eat bananas multiple times. You might see uh, people spitting in a chair a hundred times. You're going to feel bad because you're going to imagine yourself these like you, it communicates the experience really well so you can really like cringe and empathize along with the pain and everything it really involves you in the horrible things it's doing to these people like it is funny but it it's really impactful it's clear that it's not just a joke these people are suffering terribly it earns its drama so well and it it does work because when they do the final challenge where they're in like a box or they're just hanging on chain like, that's it. It's just you're hanging on chain. If your feet hit the floor, you're out. And also, it's two chains, and your whole body weight is on these two thin, unpleasant things. It's just, I do that for two hours. Or three. Or four. Because this is it. Yeah, if your feet done, it's over. takes the timers off in the last episode. The last, the last episode standing, get real mean. The last one standing wins $50,000 for what amounts to maybe two weeks of pure mayhem and danger. Mayhem? All by yourself. Like, yeah, it's mayhem, but you're alone. Uh, so... Their only voice is the producer going, Hello, number two. Hello, number eight. And then it's like in post, after you're hearing, Hello, number eight. You're hearing this sexy voice go, Hello, number eight. <laughs> and the, 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 the treatments and, and everything, they're so polished in how devious they are a lot of the times. Like, they're, they're never obvious, or sometimes... They are obvious, and that's the trick. And sometimes it, they'll do it kind of something like a gimmick you saw in another season, in case you're one of the large, strangely large number of recidivist uh, participants in this experiment. Um, <laughs> Tyler was the one we saw in Solitary 4.0. And then there's someone like Rob Rob, who is this huge super fan that constructed a pod in his garage. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he probably spent more money training himself to be on the show than he won on the show. And then, uh, the, the, and there was actually a twist. I'm not gonna, actually, I'll spoil the fucking twist, whatever. It's a million, yeah, nobody's. Yeah, so when Tyler, Tyler, who was the returning contestant in season four, 4.0, as they call it, Sears, Solitary 4.0, instead of him, like, instead of Solitary, like, Val going goodbye, number four, they say goodbye, number Tyler. 
And then he just broke down in tears and like he said my name. I bet he she did. said my name. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know why this show quit. It's clearly very cheap. Like they just put some people in a warehouse and have like a skeleton crew that sits around and tortures them. Oh, I can tell you why. I can There's tell you why they like, got canceled. Why? Fox Rally Channel uh, went under in 2010, and that was it. It started in 2000. Uh, the, the series started in 2006. One every year, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, uh, and it just kind of ended. So they were all prepped for a 5.0, but when the network went under, so did the show. That's too bad. To I which get- I argue, well, but I guess good, it's though. time. It, shall, it's shall we? Shall we bring up how it's, it's time now to revive the show? Absolutely, it's good. It ended when it did because it did. Four seasons of that is enough to explore what that meant thematically at the time the show existed. Anything else would have kind of been dragging it out and just been like, you know, a, f- a fifth or sixth season of Durest- Arrested Development. The- Why would they make any more Arrested Development? That's fucking ridiculous. It's, a doc- it's another very Bush-era thing. But we are in the Trump era now of presidencies. <clears throat> Uh, even though it ended in the still... Obama era, so thanks Obama, you're the reason the show got canceled. <clears throat> and all those guys in Guantanamo Bay when this show aired are still there. Could you bring? The I show? mean, the ones that are, you know that didn't die from old age. Of course, we're not, or, they weren't filming this in Guantanamo. They were filming this in like Hollywood Center Studios. Uh, I know, but you know, but, there's, there's okay. I, I don't know. Think if about it's this been... too. This is why it's also creative uh, production, which is even though it's very low budget. Think about this: every pod is the same. It, it is the same design, yeah. the same shape, the same everything. The only difference is the color and the number. So then when you yeah. see the, the the challenge itself, those are seven equally designed pods. Six in this challenge, six in this, six in this, six in this. Yeah, they probably have just, they're probably prefab, pretty cheap. I mean, none of this shit in there looks expensive. Oh, you know, no, no, this is all constructed by hand. The pods, yeah. pods kind of wobble when they move a bunch, you know? <laughs> Some guy with stage hand is... <laughs> The pods are, they're going for a kind of a sci-fi dystopia theme, but they did it in an after, you know, they're, they're, it's great. It's cheap. It's a really low budget looking show, but it works. It's cheap, but um, works because yeah. there's at no point are they allowed to escape the pod unless they hit the red button and leave. I mean, and it would also be less, it would be less dehumanizing if they were in like really cool looking pods that they spent a lot of spit polish, making them look like a matrix prison cell or something. You know, the kind of like, lack of care and there's put into the surroundings they're in apart from making sure that they're cut off from everything else uh, it, it, it goes with the whole theme and then what, okay first what of all they usually do at least once per season is they give them paint so they can now yeah. design the pod themselves and, and yeah. write whatever they want yeah, which before, works yeah. in a whole lot of different ways when you see the clean cut version of the pod day one versus the last days when it looks like you know, a, like a madman's house where it's just layers of do it for them. 50,000. <laughs> yeah. It's always. Yeah. And that's one thing like, yeah, that dude, um, that, that blonde, um, meathead looked like Macaulay Culkin with good jeans. Yeah. Uh, he, I mean, he just has, they have him and the other guy who's like a, looked like a guy, like, like a guy who gets called a beach boy, but thinks that it's like a shoe brand. <laughs> Or like, yeah, you know, I think he's a not asexual so much as he just like spawns like a fish on the floor of those little booths where you change into your your trunks at the beach. Yeah, I this is dumb, dude. I, I you look at this guy. This is like this is like California airhead. Like this guy, this guy's a, a male bimbo, right? <laughs> 
And then there's kind of the meathead who's just the meatheads are great in this show too. Like the the just like dude, bro, yeah, yeah, yeah types. They're they're yeah, delightful. And the funny part is they don't talk to anyone else, and they design it in such a way that in, in season three one of them did. Like they they knew another uh, which guy they met in the little meetup greet at the beginning was in Watsell and like was like oh he never they never talked was like oh, man <clears throat> just like man I hope number number five or whatever it was I hope number five's doing good man because yo I, we talked for thing he's a pro man I hope he, number five's doing I can't remember which guy it was but it was great he it has is. this like invisible camaraderie with a man that he talked to like once two weeks ago this is such a good <laughs> and what no makes sincere. it good is um they design it in a way that you can't hear what anyone else is going through which also adds the layer of what's going on unless you scream or shout very yes. very loud yes and that's not even an aesthetic of the show you never hear those screams that's for them that's the that's that's why what one of the best details of the show is one that is not even in the show that's beautiful that's craft that's artistry there that's giving a shit no, there is but, people who give a shit on this show. It is a show that looks like no one cared, and it's just let's torture these people and then film it and then make money off it. No, this yeah. is people who clearly were like, "All right, so what's the average amount of time it takes someone before they hit the red button on this?" Because we only have like twelve days here, and oh, it takes about and uh, two hours and ten minutes. We can do ten two hours ten minutes, or should we like half it and then like start it with something else? Can we do two things at once? Yeah, the the tortures are so clever. They're so insidious and they're subtle though. They they like okay, one thing I've seen about especially when I was talking about the stillness challenge, like if anybody's ever tried to like learn meditation, especially any kind of like connected with any occult stuff, or like if you've ever tried to like do an exercise where you sit perfectly still for two or three hours, well, that sounds easy. That's not even uncomfortable. You know, just get comfortable. Now sit that way for two hours. Don't move. Don't adjust. Just sit. It's torture after like 10 or 15 minutes at a point, you know, sometimes. And just stillness, this torturousness of still stillness. They had to know, like they had to know how to, that's another thing. Like they know how to hurt people on this show in but ways that normal way. people it's don't safe. know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. It's like, Ways to safely, no blood, no permanent damage, inflict mind-rending physical and who knows this shit? Where are they finding people to come <laughs> up with this? Because they're clever. They're never blunt or obvious. It might seem obvious, but it's there's always some twist. That's if it's you are all... listening to this episode right now uh, in an office chair, one of those that spin, right? You're listening to this at work or probably at your desk or even one of your gaming chairs. Do yourself a favor. Try this challenge. Ready? This is when it was on the show. Uh, get a stopwatch. Set it for 20 seconds. You have to go around 30 times. Go. Spin around yeah. your chair 30 times in 20 seconds. Go. If you can't do that, you have to do it again in 30, 35 times in 20 seconds. If you keep failing, you have to eventually quit out. That is how messed up the show is. It's so simplistic. Spinning in a chair. And in the first like couple of rounds, it makes sense because, okay, I'm just spinning in a chair. Oh, this is no-brainer. But if you're doing it 40, 50, 500 times, 1,000 times, your thighs are starting to hurt. Your legs are starting to hurt. You're still in the chair, so your butt clearly hurts. And maybe you thought you would uh, keep yourself from getting dizzy by doing it at a kind of a casual, slow pace. 
that's gonna make it worse in a way because if you're to spin you do a slow spin trying not to get dizzy and you it just draws you're still getting dizzy but you're drawing it out into this horrible there's no way any tricks you think you have that will make it better for you are going to turn into liabilities in about probably five minutes because those tricks just everything falls you learn how fast everything can fall apart for you and your body and your sanity and will and none of these people are like they it, it clears out the fake ones they're all these are not like tv show like drama like Look at me, I'm going to have sex with flavor flave meltdowns. These are, like, breakdowns. These are, and these are, this is the breakdowns you want to see on shows, but this shows how people are human. What makes them strong, what makes them weak? That's the dedication of the show. Now, before we get to the remake, I did want to, um, we've talked a lot about the kind of human, really a lot about the human drama aspect of it, but, like, I mean, come on, the political aspects of the show, come on, guys. I mean, 2006, We've normal. We this is past the like. Did the president torture? No, this was around. I think this was around the well, time no. of they were the 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 torture stuff was getting <clears> around. Yeah, it, it's just such a stark, weird. It's it's a Guantanamo Bay show at a time when torture like what is torture? Is waterboarding torture? People that was a questionable thing back then. People really thought that like we're well, not drowning. You're just pouring water on his mouth. The, yeah, the liber- on, on a towel. I, I, the way I like to say it, and this is the fun part, it's the 2006 libertarians, 2007 libertarians, and, and some are still libertarians now, the ones who go like, this is torture, but this is a good metaphor for what the government does to its people, are now like the same people going, well, this is what corporations do to its like people who work under them. And it's, it's what Coke clientele. does. It's what Coke does to union organizers in South America. This is, this is a good metaphor for it, and it's so fucked up. But it's not a metaphor is the thing. It's it's like guileless in its politics. I so don't this think is this, like, sh- this is the, so the solitary of the modern day would be like the utopia of the ultra capitalist so- Silicon Valleyite. That would kind of be I, it because you treat the pods like office spaces. <laughs> they still fed like Soylent. It, I mean, yeah, I mean, so does I honestly saw it probably as a step up. I mean, it comes in flavors. Oh yeah, that's true. That this is a flavorless meal bar. That's uh, yeah, that actually has some flavor, even if it's a chalky like chocolate. Yeah, and it's a liquid. You can just chug it down instead of having like chew its horrible texture. Although to be fair, like it is also a little chunky, so it's like oof. <laughs> I got a little body to it, you know. Yeah, but oh, so it, it definitely is a show that holds up. Even the these episodes are decade old, still hold up to this day, and it's, it's shock. Even if some it's, like the weird like names and contestants like oh they're a contestant on Survivor they're a game show contestant it's like it's those are like why <laughs> they're a super fan of solitary. It's it's low budget looking but it and it's very it's very simple show in in a lot of ways but, but it its simplicity is so elegant and it uses its simplicity with razor precision. It's made with craft and. I am seriously who designed these tests like this is like I, I, well uh, honestly some of the people I, I know personally have worked and created some of these tasks that's uh, so like 
I, I could spill some names, but I don't know if <laughs> it's going to be a, a screw you. <laughs> I yeah, no, I don't. I mean, yeah, no, I don't. I don't really need to like burn noticing any fucking like ex Guantanamo guys that are working in the industry. Oh no, these are all like people who work like Big Brother and Survivor and stuff. These are just like this is their whole job. It's just coming up with games. I mean, they just the tor- it just seems so refined in a lot of ways. You know, it's so elegant. It's so sleek and it's so effective, and it's so just drenched in like like. Like it doesn't quest. At no point does it ever question itself. You know, it never. The show never advertises the fact that it's torturing people. It never sells you on that. It always sells you on the 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 experiment part or the the the, the human endurance part or the like. Look at these weirdos part. It never. Co- it, it 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 never admits what it is. Is kind of I think a thing that might change in the new one, but. I mean, that was the shock value to pull people in. We are taking nine contestants, and we're going to put them in solitary confinement. Yeah, but that's not... They don't say that in a hype way. The show doesn't have any hype, self-hype. No, it is is internet. It it basically is the future of tech is here, and these are the people... These are the lab rats in my maze, and I am Val, and I am the leader, I am the warden, I am the person that controls everything, including their mind. What can I do to make to break these contestants? So I guess we're going to talk about how to bring back this bag for so, reboot. The, well, the first question. Well, what? How does it look? It looks great. Very Who's the host? Val. Great love. We love Val. We love. We yeah. obey Val. But now she's voiced by uh, Ellen McLean, who voiced Glados. Might as well be in this reboot. Let's try that. The set Wait, is no, just these holding cells. It's just eight. Get... It's just nine cells in the CGI transitions. That's it. <laughs> The music score is great. They have this nice, like, video... Like, it's Portal. It's Portal soundtrack, almost. It's just this... Yeah, we'll update it. It'll be it'll be different, but we'll keep that kind of, you know, general tone. And we'll keep the kind of cyberpunk dystopia tone, and we'll keep the... But it's even better now, because instead of, like, you know, trying to... 2000, you know, whatever, trying to think, like, oh, yeah, the future's good. You know, in 10 years, is going to be, like, sh- you know, shitty metal cells. Like, no, no, no. We're making the cells look worse, like almost, even less decoration, just like plain white drywall. Oh, you want to go with the not even paint wise? Yeah, no paint. What? When did you ever fucking move into an apartment? Even in a, when did you ever pay money to get an apartment that had paint on the walls? But how would you all but, white but you drywall? You still have to have these people with name with numbers, right? So can't you just have like a? Oh, there'll be a number painted on the wall in Helvetica. But <laughs> in Hel- oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm not, not Ariel would be crueler, but it would also be kind of gauche. And no, this is not there'll be no tackiness here. Just, you know, are you going to still keep the HD TV and the two buttons and the glass window just for the camera crew? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, you got to keep certain things and that's all good. Um, Might make the cameras more obvious i don't i've never seen inside i assume the cameras were oh no there's okay there's two obvious cameras one is on the ceiling and then one is in between the buttons i want the camera to be really obvious i want you to see that camera but then i want there to be like a couple hidden ones that occasionally you see yourself projected from an area that you have no idea there's a camera just to spook them you know Oh, okay. Even though they know everything's being recorded after a while, they're paranoid and get them like, wait, there's one there too. You see me from there, but where, where is it? Where is it? That, that'd be good shit. Just a, basically a lot of what they did still like, it's so good on its own. All right. The bones are there. You kind of just, 
you know, like little tweaks here, a little like because we're we're more advanced now in how callous society is about the things we do to other human beings. You know? Yes. So you have to kind of make it a little more extreme in some way. Uh, still bloodless. And you want to still keep him being octagon shaped, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. It's, it's the brand. The branding is well, the keep, octagon in the brackets. That's the... Yeah, we're keeping that. All right. Uh, um, which I just realized would make sense, because it's the isolation, and the bracket of one is the isolation. And then it also, that bracket acts as a cell to the octagon to show that it's, yeah, a lot of yeah. great cool stuff there. Yeah, no, there's so much, there's so, all my ideas really to change are kind of just subtle tweaks, just mostly aesthetic and kind of update things. Like, it's so good on its own already. And you first want to bring that to, like, Fox Proper or ABC or some, like, because there's no Fox, Fox. reality show, so what's the, what's the network? You're think, I'm thinking Fox here on this Yeah, one. I mean, uh, Fox, yeah, or Spike. Oh, it, yeah, it, it should be on a, love this show. It should be on a disreputable network. <laughs> It should not be on on something that has you know. I mean, all they're all disreputable, but you know the one that's kind of got that that um, rest stop bathroom machine instead of the Walmart bathroom machine. Oh no! <laughs> so you're you're thinking like uh, Spike, uh, like like the Pursuit Channel, <laughs> like, I, like I, the I, outdoor I, channel, like uh, <laughs> no, because it's a very indoor show. You can't you can't have solitary on the outdoor channel. Jordan, it's the least outdoor. Th- it's literally about being too indoors. <laughs> it's too being too online. Yeah. Um. Oh. Okay. So you you have a. So do you want me to go with mine, or you still have any more uh, points? Yeah, you go with with your ideas for uh for a remake. You mean? All right. So so here here's Jordan. Torches would be about the same. Like. Oh yeah, it is definitely just more clearly... of that. So, because this is always the fun in conclusion part of the show. <clears throat> Here's how I would do solitary if I was to reboot it. Here we go, folks. Oh, and it would this. be it would be the cells would be <clears throat> underground this time. I mean, you could do that. <clears throat> All right, it's kind of a, a callback, you know. So Easter egg, it's a good Easter egg. So the the first thing I will do um, is I will make it sleek black glass all over. All it's the octagon, all sleek black glass. That dark black mirror, almost like almost like visual screens, but they're not like, but they're almost like you're you're sitting inside a giant phone. The octagons are all black shapes. It is the same old cell you know and love. It's just black cheeks, and on the edges is your LED light strips, which are very cheap. They're like twelve bucks on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, I like it. So, oh, now, I have one more. I have one more. I have one more big, really important thing. Yeah, they have to. The um, not the treatments, the the tests. Yeah, would earn them currency. Oh, they've they done that. Have... They've done the currency task. No, no, like no. The the whole season would involve. They would have to like accumulate in game capital from Val and have to spend it and make choices between items of equally essential nature. Like they have to choose between today's meal and tonight's sleep. Ooh, that sounds like a great twist. Make it real late. Cap- One million merits level of Black Mirror-ish. Yeah, I love that. Late I dig capitalist. that. And if like, yeah, like, okay, yeah. I mean, I know you need sleep. Yeah, you know, is within medical reason. They can be put onto mild starvation for having a lack of in-game capital, which is doled out for exhausting, horrifying tasks in small amounts. <laughs> I like this. 
So in the in Jordan's 2019-2020 solitary, uh, it's the nine pods are all and it's 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 a it's a more sleeker version. It's it's these black screens. Look at look at your phone. It's just that all yeah. all eight rounds. One is a giant screen that you see a Val projection on. So it's so that's the only screen that actually is like an uh, LCD screen. And in and then the only two things you see protruding are a green button and a red button. And then you see, of course, the classic uh, water fountain and the and the tray, the tray display, the mailbox and the exit door for the antechamber where there's a restroom and a porta potty, just like the normal show. So it's the nine contestants. They all are in their nine pods. You see a nice little light up, almost borderline neon one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And you still have a sleek vowel who's still the same. The difference is now everything is touchscreen. Everything's sleek. Everything is a new, sort of futuristic tone. And it's this dull gray office floor. It's still the nice spotlight. And it's the same. And this is the appeal of the show. This is where, even though I just blew the budget on the on the set, like, it oh, has cool. to be so very cheap them, challenges. It's nice pods. Oh, yeah. These are all pods. This is the, it's the iPod. Literally the iPod. Oh. Well, I want mine to look like a jewel pod. We're not living so. So now that there's some games where you can like touch the wall and there'll be little screens. Then there's ways that you can just display horrific things to these. Cont- there was one where they had to watch like horrific videos. <laughs> like you can do that now. I mean, we all do that. You can't. I mean, we all do that anyways. Why can't you make it much? Make it much. They were watching animal slaughter videos. Um, yeah okay, so so in this version this pie. version of the of, of we're not doing animal slaughter videos by the way on uh, my version uh we are going to have the nine contestants still it's typical val what's your name I'm, I'm gary nope you're four and we keep going through the test and treatments this is fox it's sleeker it's darker and everything is supposed to set and now instead of so now we now know val is basically kind of like an alexa siri kind of character yeah Val. Oh, that's that's real good. I've even wrote down what my Val would stand for: voice activated life form. All right. So there's that's what Val stands for. Val is, of course, that's a you now. If you want to call Val, you have to say Val. You can't just push a button. I like that. I like that a lot. And of course, there are times when you know maybe the producers are asleep, so you're gonna have to just Val, Val, and all you're gonna see is a loading circle, just this never-ending also- loading circle. I also like the idea that if the red and yellow, green button are like on eight buttons on a touch screen, yes. sometimes there could be failures with the cloud system and they don't respond when you hit them. Exactly. So it's everything is supposed to be cybernetic, no response, loading circle. The the horror show of like when there's no Wi-Fi and you have that feeling of being lost. <laughs> yeah, no, I like this. Chris is like, man, I made their pods too nice. Like, oh, it's a nice pod, but it doesn't work. Brilliant. And... It's Fox, and you'll, I will say a quarter million dollars as the top price. Because if we're doing primetime like, network, now you can boost the budget to a quarter million. 75000 How about we go to, how about we meet in the middle of 100 grand? 25000 No, no, if, I want to keep it real, like, accurate to the time. So now it's, like, less how about, than it was before. How about $99,999.99? Far too much. Look, no, the, the cost of living has gone up, but wages have stayed the same so you have to reverse inflation and make it worth less <laughs> Twenty five thousand. that's cruel Thirty five thousand. <laughs> no we're kidding i i also put a quarter million for my network fox version just for this i know it's too i know it's too 000. much but let's look we'll look fox people might say it's too much and give me 100 grand whatever 
So thirty six thousand, a nice, unreason, <laughs> a nice specific and unfair number. So now with a twist, and now we're we're specifically aiming for YouTube social media people in this in this future world of solitary. We're not getting like someone who's a bricklayer. We're not getting like the tough mean man, the guys who's no. St- we're- we're gonna torture Logan Paul. We're torturing Logan Pauls. We're torturing beauty vloggers. We're torturing uh, video gamers on Twitch. We're like all of the people that would be between the ages of 20 to 32, 33 who have an internet account and tweet a lot, Facebook post a lot, do social media a lot. Because now it kind of, and now you have this new. We're gonna have a season. We're gonna have a season where the contestants are every host who's ever been a member of Game Grumps. Yes. <laughs> Everybody's going to be real mad when John Tron wins, but I think he would. So then, so now you can, and now you can do the jokes of you can communicate. Two says to one, you're going down. Three says to four, eat it or something. Cause, cause Maybe rewards and punishments could be based on like likes and things you receive from other contestants. Like if other contestants just. That, that was actually what I was going for even, next. As, oh, as, yeah. They as don't as even know you. They just like your number for some reason. <laughs> But that's the thing, like, and it's just people, and it's now that no one can communicate with you, and it's just you. You still keep the same old challenges, the same old, like, spin around in a chair, <laughs> or or put your hand in, or put your hand into, like, a bowl of cold water, <laughs> and that's, and, or bob for rubber duckies in the ice bath, something like that. And there should, it be just, a little, there should be a little drone that flies into your room and just flies around and just annoys you for a little while every once in a while and flies out. Yes, yes, you could do that too. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure in this modern version, I would. that would be the funniest thing is you open up the tray where all the food is thinking you're going to get like your meal and then here comes the drone just flying in. Yeah, and you're describing like, wow, man, this is the home of Vulgaris game show. Like, this is, it, well, this it, is definitely why you're the perfect person to talk about. It's just horrific. Solitary... Solitary was already close, but you just gave it the perfect twist to make it like, oh no, this is exact. Wow, this is this is brilliant, Jordan. Like this is it's subtle. It's subtle and insidious, just like the real, just like the original. And then you have like things that are like classic, like online bitterness. So it's like, oh, you want your meal? You'll like yeah, and it's straight up Amazon delivery parody where it's just like, oh, your meal will be in two days. Oh, you wanted the... And then they're just saying, like, are you shitting me two days? I want to eat now. I can... I mean, we have leftover meal bars. We have Soylent's. We have uh, We have an Odd Wallace movie here. You want it? And then, sure enough, two hours to the day of when they order it is when the box shows up. So that's their only indication of day. <laughs> I guess... Nah, well, I don't know. Oh, no. And then that, it's funny. They open up I and it's like Lunchables. That... It's just Lunchables in there. Perfect. Yeah, this, that, that's going to be a nice Lunchable pizza. Also, like, we we are going to switch meal bars to soil because we can probably get sponsorship for one thing. And it's very, it's, it's more contemporary. <laughs> and Whoever you have ate. to keep Val doing the dramatic pauses. Number three, why did you hit the red button? Oh yeah. She's still the same. Different Everything's voice actors. A little better. You voice have a better soundtrack probably. Like you said, it needs to have that. It needs to have that dystopian yeah. vibe. And part- it has to, so that way, when you see the meltdowns happen, it goes from here's the sleek, cool, uh, a pod that looks like you're in the future to when you're near the completion of the of the entire show it looks like a wreck there's like a broken down light there's a flickering static screen that keeps blaring 
Yeah, that's why I wanted the shitty like 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 shitty like modern apartment pods. They're like you want shitty apartment. I want few like it really is the future because that's what I think what they want. But you get sleek modern future that just gets dismayed and destructed. Kind of like, like a cracked like a cracked phone screen. We go from clean mirror to cracked phone screen. Love it. Uh and that's how this I would do solitary. Uh, and we're, call- we're returning it to solitary. So it's just it's just and the first one's called Return to Solitary, and then we just rename it Solitary 2.0, etc. <laughs> like I, I wanted Solitary 1.0 version two. Oh yeah, dude, no no 1.2, 1.3. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Shit. And and then you call any like unused clips DLC. Yeah, and each season would have would not do like. Each season would have a large change. It wouldn't just be the same show for four seasons, kind of like it was. It would there'd be large aesthetic and kind of thematic changes to explore different ideas that you could of like like because it's so pertinent to like our modern experience of being like isolated from atomized from other people, tortured by technology that we're also reliant on and develop a hateful, affectionate relationship to meager nothingness just in, in, and you know enforced violence by a higher power in a game that you're constantly remind constantly constantly at least told well if you don't like it you can just go somewhere else you can quit it's a totally voluntary system <laughs> just just instead of, yeah make it less Guantanamo Bay and more not not Silicon Valley because I mean that- I, I, I call it like a Silicon Valley like 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 Silicon Valley billionaire wet dream of the yeah. future should be like this. What Imagine anything you want and touch your fingers. Valley. It's a Foxconn, you know, cell. Yeah. It's the imagine everything you want in the touch of a button. And now it's like, yes, now imagine that. But what it would be really like, the internet's out. Uh, you're stuck here. Uh, the uh, There's a loading circle. You have valve buffering sometimes. So it's like number two. You hit the red button. Or she asks you a question, like, why do you feel that way? And you go on like a two-minute rant, like, I'm sorry, I can't understand, and then say your rant back to you. Yes. Oh, and there's the, so and much then shit you, you hit the it. red button. I must tell you, you are the... Uh, 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 uh. And you have to, like, and there's a way like, that you can restart Are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding <laughs> there's, there's a way we can reboot her. Sometimes, like, you have to reboot her to make her work. Huh. They don't tell you that. Reboot. Huh. How about that? <laughs> Reboot. Hmm. But you have to like like stretch across the pod and like hit one button on one wall and like the other foot and hold it for 15 seconds until the valve You have to push the green button for five seconds. And <laughs> yeah, she's she's like she's worse. Like she's not worse. Like Val would be the same. She'd be degraded a little bit. Like she her her personality would be. She's still doing little, the jokes. She's still doing every single one of these these kiss my glass jokes and But she's yeah, she's just not quite as sharp as she used to be. So now it's a little slower with the jokes. And she's a little not confused, but just weirdly more ignorant about super specific things. Oh, you wanted to touch an app. Okay. <laughs> and then it's like, I know I wanted food. Appetizers. Oh. Okay, app, and then they're just sitting there like, "What? What's going on?" It's so weird that the a show that was like 
hey, you want to you wanna go spend a couple weeks in fucking Guantanamo Bay? It's such a perfect, like, with just not that really, almost just totally aesthetic changes. It's such a perfect thing for now. Like, it's it's got to come back. It's got, not just should not, it's got to come back, guys. We've got to get Solitary we got to save Solitary and save Val. They've been doing it for a decade. Now is the time, I feel, to bring back Solitary. But it has to be younger people, only because I don't want anyone to, like, who's like a Gen X and older to just have a meltdown now. I don't think that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, you do. You want, no, we got to get, like, a fucking, like, Facebook MAGA boomer. Oh, yeah, you're right. Never mind. You're right. We have to have, like, yeah, a MAGA boomer, and then we have to have, like, a resistance person. Anita Sarkeesian. You get, get her Anita, on there. You get, uh... Shakesville lady, or or uh, um uh, I don't know who's a fucking. You get a dirtbag leftist. You get Jake yeah, Flores yeah. on. You get. Hey, actually, can we get somebody funny? Uh, you know. Oh, oh, hey, hey, what if he comes on? Now it's oh, sorry, Jake. Uh, I'm not. Go on, home vulgarities and fight us if you don't like it. Yeah, you have a you have keep, a podcast to work on right now. Yeah, you keep it wholesome, Jordan. Here. Yeah, I'm I'm wholesome, Jordan. Uh, alrighty. Uh, so. Uh, we have five questions left. This is at the lightning round, Dr. Ah, 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 ah. So in this final yeah. round, there's five questions, 60 seconds. Everyone you get right is one free plug. And every time I get one wrong, do I have to answer no, two more? No, in fact, not only that, but there's also time. There's time in this. You all know time. All Are right. you up for it? Uh, shit. Yeah, all right. All right. I'm not really a game guy, but all right. Let's put 60 seconds on the clock. Hang on, I have a sip of this wine really quick. What is vowel short for? Um, very aggressive lady. A musical instrument you cannot play. Uh, a tuna fish. Because you can tune a piano. Would you be a contestant on Solitary? Oh, God, no, never. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Are we screwed as a society? Yeah, probably. And finally, but how many not, sides are in an not, octagon? Huh? How many sides are in an octagon? As many as you want, baby. As long as it's eight. Eight, you got it. Five for five. No, it's eight. You did it. You got all five. Oh, 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 you won. Oh, cool. Hey, yeah. I, I usually do. That's the five stars. Boop, boop, boop. Boop, boom. And that's boom. five plugs for you. All right. Okay. Um, Listen to Homo Vulgaris. Uh, the podcast is it's really good. Jordan's on it sometimes. He's, he comes on on the regular. You know, he's a he's our he's our um comes there to remind us that the world isn't quite as bad as it is. Or, you know, he's a good guy. We like having him on. It's a funny show. You like it if you like solitary. You like Homo Vulgaris. It is um, the solitary of podcasts. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> that's not well, really a compliment. Now I think about it. <laughs> well, everything is if you're dumb enough. I am. It's um, the shock like and plug, fraud of. I like to plug um, a podcast called Ephemera, made by uh, Stephanie B. Has been on this show. It's just really good. It's it's, it's a great podcast. I hype it every chance I get because it's just so good and it needs more clout. Give it clout. It's based and woke. And um, about the internet. I have a SoundCloud. Um, SoundCloud.com forward slash dr hyphen shoggeth. I don't know. There's music and stuff there. If you like music. I got a novel on uh, Amazon Reliquary by Danny Shoggoth. Um, if you look up Reliquary Shoggoth, you'll find it. 
And um, the most important thing, uh, the top thing I got punched for is um, a little website called www.patreon.com forward slash hvulgaris. It's a cool place. Uh, you can do more stuff there than even Zombo.com. And um, apart from the podcast, we're using Home Vulgaris. Uh, the Patreon is a uh, content delivery platform for diversified uh, amounts of content, including nonfiction writing, fiction writing, art, stickers. Uh, we have a red bubble with t-shirts and uh, we have all kinds of cool shit. And if any level you get all the stuff that doesn't cost us money to make, unless, you know, we change our minds, which you probably won't because we're poor. So help us out. And a lot of good content, just always good content all the time uh, in an apocalyptic world where content is where we have to say, instead of saying creation or art, uh, because those things are devalued and, and, you know, we're, we're on our last legs probably, but you know, just do your best and keep kicking there. That, that's is that, is that your final f- phrase? That's the, you hit the red button. Is there anything else you want to say? <laughs> the world's um, gone. The world's awful. I want to go. Life is a learning experience. As one of the contestants in this so eloquently put it when she hit the button. Um, that's, uh, that's my plugs. I mean, as, you, know, um, you got your uh, great plugs. Please listen to oh, Home of a- It's a fantastic a- podcast about weird news stories involving the, the internet, the cyberspace war that we are in. Where the one thing I learned is is where the term like fake news developed and where all the the uh, the Russian botnets got its start. Yeah, we we run most of those botnets. They're, <laughs> you know, it's good so- money. You were all thinking it was Russia. Nope, it was Shagoff on the toilet. I mean, they, they pay us too, but you know. <laughs> and uh, the, the, that's gonna that's gonna do it for us here in solitary confinement. Even though we weren't really in solitary, we had each other. Yeah, it's it's always good to talk to my friend, wholesome Nick Haas of uh, Jordan. Uh, that's hail right, Harris. wholesome Nick Mullen, Jordan Haas. Hail Harris! All hail Discordia! Praise Bob. Thank you so much, Dr. Shagoff. I was recently on an episode of Homo Vulgaris uh, chatting about some of the crazy bonkers things that the internet has. It's always a lot of fun. Please check them out at Homo Vulgaris. It's on almost every podcast place you can think of. Uh, he also has a book, uh, One Day Shagoff. I just checked it on Amazon. It is called Reliquary. Or The Increasingly Unfortunate Occult Misadventures of Phil and Howard, book one. Uh, as far as things that I can throw with the show, uh, there are only four seasons of the show. Originally, it was on Hulu. It is no longer. I think you can now only watch it through uh, Mysterious Means or on Amazon. But Stephen Gee, Fu Fam, Andrew Sabat, and Kelsey Thorne are the only four who have survived solitary (laughs) uh but uh i was looking into a mother jones article and this is where i get some of those facts about uh things that they were going to do on the show and according to one of the producers uh six of the nine season one contestants later told the producers that they would have done solitary for free uh hyatt I uh, saw it something noble in this. By fostering competition outside of the fabric of society, the show gave people the chance to be exceptional and do something for the benefit of themselves. 
which Manning would see as a very therapeutic, and that's why there's a bit of a journey through each of these contestants that goes through solitary, and why I still kind of like the show itself, because it's only the person themselves that lets someone down. It's not really uh, sabotaging anyone else. It really just comes from within. And I think that's why it's one of these shows where it's like, why can't it come back right now? <laughs> I want to see this this torture-filled game show return. Uh, but now it's time for the 110-part series exploring every pricing game on The Price is Right. This is Pricing Game Spotlight. <laughs> Penny Ante. Premier date, January 25th, 1979. Tape number 3134D. Finale date, June 14th, 2002. Number 2215K. What the fuck? I seriously had no idea this this pricing game ended. It's, it's actually one of my favorites. What, what just happened? I watched the show like constantly. I just never noticed that show ended like 17 years ago. What the hell? <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, well, Penny Ante. If you've never seen it, uh, Penny Ante played the show from 1979 to 2002. Yeah, keep rubbing it in Prices Right Database. It was so named because it took pennies to play a game with two grocery items. It involved the contestant having have at least one penny left at the end of the game in order to win. The contestant was given three oversized pennies at the start of the game. They were then shown a grocery item with four possible prizes displayed, only one of which was correct. The contestant had to select the correct price. If they were correct, they had to give up one penny. Uh, if they were correct, they had to move on to a second grocery item and play it the same way. If, however, the contestant made three mistakes between the two items, they were out of pennies and the game was over. If the contestant guessed the second prize correctly and had at least one penny left at the end of the game, they won a large prize. The gameplay took place on a game board which was split in half vertically to represent the two grocery items. An item sat on each half while the four possible prizes displayed in a row of buttons in front of the contestant as well as along the back wall of the game board. When a selection was made, a corresponding button was pressed and a row of illuminated pennies ran up the board to the price in the back wall, which revealed either the word yes or no behind it. The first five planks of Penny Annie used different rules. The possible prices were not divided into two groups for the two grocery items, and the goal was to find both prices before the total of the contestants' incorrect guesses reached $1. The total of the incorrect guesses was measured by penny catchers, into which real pennies fell in the amount of the wrong guesses, an electronic readout counting the number of pennies that have fallen. The same board was used, but was not split into green and blue halves, and it was under its final format. It had orange, red, yellow board, similar to 7275. Right answers had yes, flaps, and wrong head, and, and a red flap of a penny, while well, real pennies would fall out. All right. <clears throat> On March 30th, 1979, Penny Ante adopted its original, its normal rules, and its sports-type penny counter was removed. Presumably, the first version of its green and blue color scheme debuted at this point. December 21st, 1984, Penny Ante was believed to have adopted the second version of its green-blue color scheme. This is one of the two games to use the words yes and no to refer to correct and incorrect guesses. The other one is 
triple play. Penny Ante's last loss occurred on the 29th season. In the 30th season, all planes were won. Although in two playings that season, October 1st in 2001, aired on February 1st, 2002, a yes flipped when a no answer was chosen. On October 21st, 1996, this was the last pricing game he played while having a perfect show. It all started when Sarah chose the correct price, but was wrong twice in a row and selected the incorrect price of 253. And the third choice was a perfect show. Most number of times this game was played was 20. Penny Ante was the last pricing game to premiere in the 1970s. So that's it, folks. This is it. We have completed the pricing game spotlight if we're only referring to the 1970s, which was the high, the heyday of the decade of prices, right? So I say we made a huge milestone today. This is the last of the 70s pricing games. We're going to move on to the 80s next. Let's go get some members-only jackets and, and some, some Shasta. Uh, the sound effect. The game was arguably best known for an unusual sound effect, which was heard whenever Bob pressed the price button, causing penny lights of one section of the board to light up towards the corresponding price, and the little door on the price opened up with either yes or no. Yes, that one. All right, so uh, Price is Right was not the only show where that sound effect was heard. It was also used in some shows. For instance, Double Dare, not the Mark Summers version, the Alex Trebek 76 version. This short word show when it shuttered the electronic scoreboard and the booths open had that sound effect. Also in Tic-Tac-Doe, when a player buzzed in on a jump-in question, that was the buzz-in sound effect. Joker's Wild, when they pulled the large lever to start the bonus reels, it was that noise. Break the bank in 1985 when a bank card was inserted into an electric reader to reveal if they won the bank or not. That was the sound effect. In Strike It Rich 1986, when they strike... When the archer's arrows lit up during the explanation of the rules of the main game, as in the show you have to get from left to right. We talked about that show in an earlier episode. It's one of my faves. Uh, all of these shows, minus the last two, aired on CBS. Although um, so CBS stations such as WCUS did carry Break the Bank and Strike It Rich. The first was a Mark Goodson, Bill Tom in production. In the later years, the syndicate wrote Tic-Tac-Doe, there was a different buzzer sound. The effect sound for Penny Andy would be recycled, though, for just a little bit when they were debuting a new pricing game, one of the most recent pricing games to debut in 20, I think the 2010s, Vendo Price, which premiered 13 years later. Retirement. Penny Andy suffered recurring mechanical problems, in which instances occurred where all shots of the board in action had to be added in post-production, because none of the electronics would work. These problems started happening in the 90s, growing more frequent every year. Sometimes the flap would not open when Parker pressed the button. Other times the flap inadvertently opened before Barker pressed the button on the machine. The game was scheduled to be played on October 9th, 2002, but it malfunctioned and could not be repaired in a timely manner. Pick a number was eventually played to replace it and Penny Ante was retired. The staff later decided to reverse this decision, attempt to have the board repaired, but in intervening days, it had been left outside in the rain and was damaged to the point of being unusable. They then decided to have a new board built for the game, but the plans never got through the design stages, and it was finally shelved permanently in April 2007. Having been played for 23 years, it is the third longest-lived pricing game ever to be retired behind Hit Me and Poker Game. Penny Annie was the last game to be officially retired during Bob Barker's tenure as host. However, Hit Me 
which was retired several months earlier, was played a number of times in the four and a half years between Penny Annie's final playing and ultimate retirement. So I like this game because it is a simple answer to trivia questions almost. Even though it's not trivia, it's just what's the price of this grocery item and what's the price of this grocery item, and then you win like the vacation. I think this this game definitely can be revived. I think given the technology of Penny Annie modern day, I think you could just make this electronic. You could just make this an LED board and you can play it either on the turntable or you can play it where there's two displays. I think something where it's you have to have the penny to lock in an answer. And when you have that lock in with the penny, almost like a dual chip. Remember the game show Duel? You had the chip in and then if it goes through, you win. And I think what you could do as just like an incentive is make it like money. I think like just have it so it's like a $100 bonus or a $1,000 bonus. And you maybe make it like a million dollar money drop situation. Like you just have like three chips and that's $3,000. And you can hedge your bets on one or two answers. And then if it's right, you win. If they both lose, you lose. And if you can survive two of those products, you win any money you have left over plus a prize. So you can win up to $3,000 and a prize. And these prizes are around $7,000, $8,000, so they're about $10,000 worth of prizes. I think that's almost where I'd be leaning if I wanted to reboot a penny ante situation. I think you need an LED screen. You need some little like mini uh, screen like they do on Bullseye. And then when they lock it in, the little uh, ramp goes up. And then you see a visual screen, like just a little monitor say yes or monitor say no. And then we move on. And I think you don't even need to have it be green and blue. It just has to be four, like four little lock-in sections and a big monitor. And then you just wheel out the two prices, like the two products on the left and right side. That's it. I love this game. I did not know it ended in 2002 being the last Barker game because it's such an easy pricing game to know and an easy pricing game to play. It's just like an A, B, C, or D times two. If you answer two questions correctly, you win the prize. It, it couldn't get any easier with three chances. So if you screw up once, you screw up twice, and then on a third one, which is 50-50, get it right. Well, now you have a one for chance at getting it right the second time around. I like that. I like this. Oh, that was my second chance. You can get that second change in both of the rounds. So this is kind of like a little letdown that for me that I did not know this would exist. But considering that, I think if we were going to revive it, you have to make it look like a million dollar money drop situation with LED screens all over the place, a nice like light board to ram it up and just just you know like like some sort of tension. You need like a little tension in there uh in terms of of the game. But next time on the pricing game spotlight, I got a bargain for you cuz it's the bargain game. So this is going to shock some people. Did you know American Idol's still on the air? Like, like I, I knew, like, we have a lot of singing competition shows, like The Voice and The Four, and, like, America's Got Talent, but American Idol's on ABC these days. It's not a Fox show, and 
there is this news report about its upcoming season. Season 18. 18 seasons of American Idol. And it gets me thinking all sorts of things like, hey, remember when Simon Cowell was a judge on the show and Randy Jackson's like, that's a no for me, dog. And then there was like an American Idol experience at Walt Disney World and they were singing Disney songs. Things like that just go through my mind. Uh, so the judging panel will be very familiar. It's going to still be Katy Perry, Luke Bryan, and Lionel Richie uh, as the judges. But uh, they'll also have Bobby Bones, the radio DJ, uh, still serve as the in-house mentor to the contestants. Although Perry, Bryan, and Richie have served as IELTS judges since the show was revived on ABC, it's rumored that they have to cut costs for this next cycle due to a decline in the ratings. Huh? Go go shock. Much of the potential tight building was allegedly focused on the judges' salaries. Katy Perry is going to be pocketing $20 million per season. But there's no word on whether any changes were made. Uh, Also absent from this announcement was Ryan Seacrest. Seacrest is in the middle of the long-term overall deal with ABC, but he has not yet confirmed the season 18 MC gig. Uh, During 17, uh, Seacrest took his first ever sick day, and Bones had to fill in as host for one of the broadcasts. At the time, 23% of TV members said they preferred Bones to Seacrest, while 33% said they didn't notice much of a difference. So now I have this big question is, is Seacrest no longer going to host American Idol? That's going to be a big question coming up. Seacrest is the producer guy. He's the Kardashian producer guy. He does a lot of reality television these days. I don't really think he needs the hosting gig, considering where he's at on ABC. I think he does Kelly and Ryan now. He he has a he has a fine gig. He doesn't really need to fly out much and and work himself out anymore. He just has to live in the Dick Clark position of just. Be there on television whenever he's needed, and then do the New Year's thing, and then go away. I think if we're doing a new American Idol, and it sounds like we are, maybe get rid of Seacrest. I understand. He's Seacrest out. This is American Idol. And and all those other tensions, the, the Seacrest, will be revealed after this. The wow, 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 wow. But, you know, Bobby Bones might end up being the new face of the show. I, I only remember season one, and I think uh, that, that would be good for Kelly Clarkson. But I cannot tell you for the life of me who wins next season or last season or who's saying what. Or, it's not in my wheelhouse. But I think if we're going to reboot American Idol and we need to treat this like it's a reboot – when it debuted, this was like the 2000s, early 2000s Coca-Cola, let's all do the Ford commercial and drink Coca-Cola from Justin to Kelly era. And if we are going to do a reboot and we have these big name stars, I don't think we need Seacrest. I think we need to have our new person. And if people seem to like Bobby Bones, who serves as a mentor instead of just like what, like a, a vocal coach? We have a DJ. Seacrest was a DJ. Make him the new face of American Idol. Make this a more interactive idol. Make this like the people's vocal, like singing competition. This is a singing competition for the people. The American people vote for this. This is Americana, baseball, hot dogs, 
and teenagers having their hopes and dreams crushed because America doesn't like them as much as the pretty girl with the sob story. This is idle, and we need to make sure that this becomes a newer, bigger, bolder version. I think he is going to be a part of it because it just because it's idle and it wouldn't be the same without Seacrest. But if tensions are flaring between Seacrest and the production crew, I mean, it wouldn't hurt Seacrest to leave. I think at this point, Seacrest is too big that he can do whatever he wants. If he wants to do idle, fine. But something tells me if they were doing another singing competition show and Seacrest was hosting, that would get all the names. That would get all the numbers. Oh, Seacrest says Idol sucks and he's doing this now? Well, I want to watch this new singing show. So, personally, I think ABC should run with Bobby Bones as a host and try and overhaul this show so much that we do not think 2000s. We do not think like 19, 20 years ago. We need to think 2019, Spotify, YouTube, and the way that we handle music today. You have three good judges, but it sounds to me like it's it's going to be another, if the ratings crash again, we're going to pull the plug. And it's idle. I think if you're going to pitch a singing competition show where there is already multiple, like The Voice, you need to overhaul it to the point of people know, yeah, this is Idol. I remember Idol, the, the singing competition, the audition stage, the, the judges and all that. But you need to make it more prestige. You need to make this feel like we are at a, an award show or we are everywhere. Maybe take it live. Make it make it so you're not going to Hollywood. You're going to like every different, like a touring group. Like Idol is touring the country during the season. So one week you're in Nashville doing country at the Grand Ole Opry. The next year you're at New York doing Broadway songs. Then you're going to Chicago and you're doing big band music. Something different to make it feel like you're watching a bigger than life show. And I don't know if Seacrest is going to be the one for that. So I think just if you're going to just start out small, get Bobby Bones. Alternatively, get rid of the judges because they're very pricey. But that's going to do it uh, for us this week. I I don't want to get on a rant about American Idol for another 20 minutes. So all I can say is just, hey, follow me on Twitter at Jordha, J-O-R-D-H-A. Listen to more episodes here at jordanhaas.com slash podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts. Give me the five stars. Give me a rating. I would like to hear what you think. If it's good, I don't want my feelings hurt. And other than that, see you next Wednesday for another brand new episode where we talk about another great game show, I suppose. Until then, big smooch. Mwah!